0: Welcome to the Millennial Way. Real millennials, real success. This is how they did it. Tailoring the next generation of leaders. I'm proud to be your host, Chase Coleman. Y'all, what is up? Welcome back to the Millennial Way. I'm your host, Chase Coleman, and I just want to know how you all are doing in quarantine right now. I'm going on week three. This is like week three and a half for us. And being out in Seattle or some may call it Corona Washington, it's just we're a little bit farther ahead of the rest of the country just because we got hit so heavy by coronavirus early. And the one thing that I do want to mention is that coronavirus is real, right? I mean, we see everything on the news all the time that the amount of different people that continue to get affected by it, the amount of infections that are just continue to rise. And it is kind of scary. But at the same time, as I watch the news, I see that all of these people who are older than us in the older generations, particularly boomers, continue to call out millennials and keep saying, we need to stop traveling. We need to stop going out. We need to stop doing this and that. And that we need to just relax. And I saw this tweet the other day and it start, actually cracked me up. I'm going to read it to you guys right now. This is from at Johnson Hildy, but she said millennials are not partying. We and our anxiety issues are holed up working from home, watching Hulu, and yelling at our parents not to go outside. It's Gen Z you want. I can't agree more whole wholeheart- I cannot agree more wholeheartedly with that statement right there. I mean, when I talk to my friends, we're all like, "Damn, I'm bored. I'm bored." A lot of my, a lot of you guys are on week one. Just had week one, maybe week two of quarantine and you're like, "Damn, like this sucks." And trust me, I'm going through it as well. Like I just started going through it a couple weeks earlier than you. And it does suck. You get bored, we're running out of shows on Netflix, we're running out of shows on Hulu. I started watching Jimmy Neutron on Hulu just to, you know, it, it was it's it's a show I loved when I was younger and it's hilarious. So, why not catch up on something that I used to love? But guys like I it's funny. I mean, whether you're a Gen Zer or a millennial, yes, flights are super cheap right now, but stay home. Like relax, enjoy this time at home. We spend so much time working and in our offices and with our colleagues. Like if you live close to your parents or close to home, like go home and go hang out with your friends and your, and your family. Like now don't hang out in big, large groups. If someone seems sick, like, or if you feel sick, like just stay home seriously, like take this seriously and just relax for the time being, let this pass over because it will pass over and then we'll be able to get back to normalness. But a couple of things for you guys. One, do those virtual happy hours with your friends. It's Friday night. We can't go out to bars and restaurants anymore. Whether it's house party or group FaceTimes, group Snapchats, playing video games with buddies, just continue to do the things that we do every single day. And that's staying connected through technology. And then it'll help you feel a little less lonely and scared during this time, I would say, because the truth of the matter is that it's it's a scary time for all of us. And the, the realization of it is that we like to have you know, truths and knowing what what comes in the future. And the coronavirus brings this unknowing feeling of what's going to happen next. But at the end of the day, guys, like it's a virus that's going to run its, its cycle, just like in China. I mean, we're just a couple months behind them. And they were the epicenter of of the world with this virus. And now they're starting to get back to normalcy. So hang out Netflix and chill by yourself. If you're not feeling sick, kind of hang out, just relax for a little bit. Um, but really what keeps me going is like the new music that's coming out. There's some new Lil Uzi Vert. He just dropped an ex- extended version of his last album, which is amazing. He's blessed us with that. I've also been listening to my man Jack Harlow, who is a new um, artist that I just started listening to, I would say, over the last couple months. Really, really like his, uh, his lyrics, his flow. He's got some really good music. And then, of course, my, uh, my girl Janae Aiko came out with some new, new music as well. So can never leave her out of there. She's got the she's got the rhythm. And then, of course, I mean, guys, The Weeknd just dropped his After Hours album, and that went number one in the iTunes um, in iTunes within, I think it was like nine minutes or something like that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And then lastly, Lil Yachty and Baby came out with Oprah's Bank Account. I was super excited about that. And Rich the Kid came out with Boss Man. So, I mean, there's a lot of more a lot more music coming out. Um, podcasts that I've been listening to, especially, I mean, I, I go back and listen to the millennial way two, three times a week. Why, why wouldn't I? Um, but no, I mean, you know, enough of my rambling about coronavirus and all that fun stuff like that. But guys, we have one hell of a guest coming on today. I mean, I'm super excited to get into this. I'm just going to give you guys a quick cliff note version. We got Jordan Paris coming on. My man has been featured in Forbes. He's about to be a TEDx speaker. He also has a book and his fantastic podcast called growth mindset university, and it's actually in the top fifteen of podcasts for the education um, category in Apple Podcasts, and I'm like super proud to be friends with him, to be talking with him today. And he's gonna he's coming on today to talk to, to us about his career journey, on how he became an entrepreneur, and really how he's done all these different endeavors while being in college, and then also kind of like starting his own podcast, and how he's been able to be featured in Forbes, and how he's been able to get land his TEDx speaker. Um, gig. So, you know, enough of me rambling. Jordan is about to hop on the show right now. Guys, let's get into this. And y'all, as I mentioned, I got my man Jordan Paris here with me today, who is a freaking rock star, young 20-year-old. He's not 20, actually, he's 22, but regardless Jordan has had some amazing accomplishments over his short career i would call it and in learning and speaking with jordan i've learned that not only does he have all these amazing accomplishments but more importantly he's just an overall awesome person so jordan thank you so much for being here with us today and shoot before we even get started can you remind me of a couple of your episodes maybe we should just just start from there i mean shoot talking to another podcaster let's talk about like some of your podcast episodes. And I mean, before we even hopped into the interview today and before I started recording, you were asking me about some of my favorite episodes and let, let's just get going from there.
1: Here's Catherine price, how to break up with your phone. Uh... That was dude. That one was interesting. Talk
0: about relevant. <laughs> Seriously. Because like, I think that's a, a topic of conversation that comes up a lot within corporate America is how all these new hires are always on their phones. And I'm, I'm always on my phone too, but I'm always checking my email. I'm always texting my friends. Like there's a lot of other things that I'm doing while I'm multitasking, I would say. And when I listened to that, I was like, I need to put my phone down. Like I'm not living in the present and I'm not always being as present and open and present minded as I need to be, whether it be in a meeting, whether it be in a conversation, right? Like when I do podcast interviews now, I used to have my phone on me to help keep notes. Now. It's old school. I have my pen, I have my paper, and I keep my notes that way because it doesn't give me notifications on there. And I put my phone away. I actually keep it on the opposite side of the room, put it on the disturb because I'm like, I I can't be distracted. Because if I want to put out the best content that I could actually put out there, I'm going to need to be here one on one with Jordan and I'm going to have to be paying attention and I'm going to have to listen to everything that he's saying. If I have my phone on me, then I'm not looking over to take a note just because I'm like, okay, let me write this down while I'm still listening. I'm taking a note and then I'm also going, oh crap, I just got a text from a group message or I just mm-hmm. got a Snapchat or I just got an Instagram. And then it takes, like like she said, it takes your mind off of something for that second, you lose that train of thought. And the next thing you know, I'm not putting out the best content because I'm not truly fully listening to everything that you're saying.
1: Yeah. And, and this is something that, you know, adjacently, I talked about this with Alex Benayan too, where like you know, I do, I operate very similar in my podcast, Chase. It's like, it's great to hear that, you know, your, your way of thinking on that too, but like, you know, you have your phone like right near you and the moment you look down at it, it's like the other person's like, wait, like, like, it's just like a disconnect. It's not cool. Um, and like, you know, we're just doing this for the production value as opposed to like, talking to each other one-on-one, looking each other in the eye, like that's a very different conversation than when you have the phone next to you and you're like, and you're like, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, this is even in like, you know, even, in, you know, more so an in in-person conversation too. Like, I, like, I know when someone starts to look down at their phone and I'm like talking, um, I just kind of stop talking. They're disengaged. Right? <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm, just like I'm, I'm like you know, and I'm, like I don't, like you're not. I don't care. Like, but, <laughs> and they and, and 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 then they feel that.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this because I think it's it's an important thing. Do you have an Apple Watch or do you I, do you wear an Apple Watch?
1: I don't, and the reason I don't is because I want to be less connected to my text messages and BS like that. Like to have that on my wrist would be like so toxic. Ugh, oh yeah, I can't even I have the 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 most advanced thing I have is this Fitbit watch, and it's one of the ones that does get text messages on it. But I haven't had the Bluetooth on turned on on that watch for years. So I yeah. haven't gotten text messages on that watch since like the the day I got it. I don't even I, I use it for like fashion. And for like the, the stopwatch on it, that's it. Yep. The time is always wrong and the date it's always wrong too. Cause it's not connected to Bluetooth. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I asked that question because I, so I commend you for that because for me, it was trial and error. So graduating college, my parents got me an Apple watch as like a graduation present. It was 2016. They're brand new. I was like, I'm the coolest, youngest, hippest, coolest person in the, in the office. Right. So I walk into Starbucks and I'm wearing my Apple watch. I think I'm the shit. And I'm I have it connected to everything, Instagram, email, text messages. I mean, you name calendars, like everything. And I remember sitting in my first couple of meetings and just checking my watch consistently. And one of my directors pulled me aside after the meeting, and they're like, "Hey, like, is everything okay? Like, I saw that you kept checking your watch. Like, are you bored? Or like, did the thirty minutes not like, did you not see it valuable? Like, what's going on? Like, and they were actually concerned. And I looked at her, and I was like no, I I just, you know, it was just notifications coming through my phone and they were going to my watch. But, you know, I apologize if I was seeming rude or anything. She's like, oh, oh, you millennials in your technology, blah, blah, blah. And she walked away and she wasn't happy, but I could also tell that she was kind of like frustrated because she was like, what the hell? Like, so this kid comes in, he has this little new technology Apple watch and he's going to be disengaged in every meeting. And it got to a point where I got rid of my Apple watch. I was like, I can't do this because one, like People around me are feeling awkward because they think that I need to leave all the time. And I don't. I'm not that busy. And second, like, I don't care about my text messages that much, to be honest with you. And un- unless it's an emergency, unless it's like my mom and dad calling me about something that's, you know, super urgent, they know how to get in touch with me. And they're going to call me if that's the case. Or my buddies will call me if if they need me for an emergency. But, like, text messages and stuff like that, like, it's so distracting. And
1: yeah and and in the watch form i feel like it's so much worse i mean looking down at your phone is one thing but looking at your watch repeatedly that is like that is confused with nothing else but i do not want to be here when someone is with you and they keep looking at their watch you know the whole world knows that person doesn't want to be here Oh, yeah. So I feel – so even though it's an Apple Watch, I, I feel like, you know, we're still wired to think that way with watches, you know, looking down at the watch. And so that – yeah, and I'm only just thinking about this now. Uh, it, it, not good. I'm glad you you, you got rid no. of it, man. Well, I, will, yeah. like, I will never have one, man. <laughs> well, it's uh, funny. Like, you know, working
0: at Nordstrom and, and being in the fashion industry, people all have their own take on fashion, right? I think that's the one cool thing about it is that's it's very individualistic. Like, you get to own it. And they all bring up, like, why don't you get an Apple Watch? Like, you should rock an Apple Watch. Like, Apple's so cool. And I'm like, guys, if I get an Apple Watch, like, it will be the worst thing for me. Like, it's like a drug. You know what I'm saying? Like, nope, I don't need my drug today or tomorrow or any day because I want to be me. And I I want y'all to see me and know that I'm here to do good work and to be myself. And if I'm engaged with 50 other people through different conversations, through Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, in my text messages, then y'all aren't gonna know what the hell I'm thinking 95% of the time. And I don't want that to happen, right? Like I gotta be in the present. And I I would also say that's a part of the way, a part of what's been helpful in terms of like prioritizing for me is the fact that like, if I live in the present, then I can, I know that I'm getting everything done right now and then I can move on, right? Like I woke up this morning, same 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 thing as you. And I was looking at some other things for like my 2020 goals. And I was looking into them and I was like, okay, like this is cool, but I have until about like 745. And then once 745 hits, like got to shift focus, take a break, grab some water, and then get ready for this podcast interview with Jordan. And I know you were saying that you were looking at houses right before this. And it's, it's one of those things where like your time management gets so much better when you disconnect from all the outside, you know, forces. And then you're able to just say, nope, I'm here right now. And I will figure this out during this time. If I don't, then I have more time later on in the day, but my point being is that it's kind of opened up more time for me throughout the day, rather than taking those extra like five to 15 minutes on the, you know, in the bathroom or on the couch, just like scrolling through my phone and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. At the end of the day, I still get in three plus hours of screen time on my, <laughs> on my I think cell phone. I
0: love it. So Jordan, let's, let's switch gears just a little bit and let's talk about you, my man. You are a successful entrepreneur, I would say. Like I said, you've got your book, your podcast. You have some really freaking amazing guests. I would say you're a master networker, particularly when it comes to social media. Um, can you just give us some cliff notes about your career, your life, and like how you've gotten to where you are today, and especially with Growth Mindset University?
1: Mm-hmm. Growth Mindset University, I interview, as you mentioned, my my heroes, people I look up to, and pretty much only people I look up to. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the show because I'm super curious about these people naturally. Um, like I just don't interview random people. Like it's just not that kind of show. Yeah. The, I don't, I don't interview random people for like production sake to like pump the, you know, episode numbers. Like it's not really, uh, it's not really fun South for me. Yeah. It's not what I'm, it's not what I'm there to do. Yeah. And, uh, and then marketing and and marketing and production agency for podcasters. So I just help podcasters all day. Right. Yeah. And you know, we produce podcasts, got a small team and, um, and that evolved from like, you know, I used to, you know, while I had this podcast, like to, to make money, I used to just develop websites for people. I was, I was like a glorified freelancer and, you know, I'd make a few thousand dollars a pop. That was great. Before that I was, uh, my main thing was like personal training. You know, I was, a And my NASM National Academy of Sports Medicine certification, and uh, you know, I had in-home clients. Like I wasn't working at a you know gym or anything. Nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want to work for anyone, so I had in-home clients. And it's interesting. I never told the story from backward. Or I, I never told, told the story backwards. Usually, it's it's chronological. But chronological is boring because all of life is chronological. So I hope this is more entertaining than it would be it if it was chronological. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the things that's one of the things I'm learning. I'm working with this speaking coach for my TED Talk next month, and and I'm just learning like all sorts of things and about about storytelling. It, maybe yeah. we get to that. But. Um, <laughs> and uh and before that you know before personal training you know i was just this kid in in high school with with one friend who was longing for a fresh start at at college and that's what i got and that's when my life kind of took off and that's when all these entrepreneurial endeavors started happening and uh just a natural evolution that yeah. that is that has come like never really set out to do like any of you know this stuff, but just kind of happened.
0: Yeah, it happens. And I would say one common theme that I'm seeing throughout this is that you didn't necessarily want to work for people, right? You wanted to work for yourself during that time. And then you also said something that I really want to touch upon. And I think it's going to be a good topic is you bring on people on your podcast that you look, look up to. Right. And I mentioned that to you before this, like I don't necessarily envy the people that I bring on, but I definitely admire everything that you guys do because I am naturally curious about how you're able to get to where you are and how you train whatever is going on in your mind to get you there. Right. Because it takes a lot to be able to be willing out to be willing to reach out to other people and be vulnerable about it. I just landed a couple of like my, I would call it like my biggest guests and right. the thing about it, but like even you're, you're a big guest for me, Jordan. Like <laughs> I'm being serious and awesome. The, the thing about it is just being vulnerable and just saying like, Hey, I have this podcast. This is what it's about. I only want to produce really great content. And I think that you would help me get there. Could, would you be willing to come on? Right? Like, and it's not necessarily that simple of a message, but when you come in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like that mindset, it's like, wow. Yeah. And then they feel like they're helping you rather than it's like doing a favor for you.
1: Yeah. And, go ahead. No, no, it's like, I I love what you're saying. It's hard sometimes to put yourself out there like that and be a little bit vulnerable. I always, you know, I mean, you see the guests that I have, but I constantly forget that like, all I have to do is ask and put myself out there. Like I hadn't reached out to, I mean, I'm just so far like ahead with this Mm -hmm. big backlog and people scheduled from a long time ago that I scheduled a long time ago. that I just like, I haven't reached out to someone to be on the podcast in like well over a month, maybe even two. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, I forgot. Like I, I need, I need to do this. I I should do this. There's many benefits to it. Uh, Dean Graziosi. Let me reach out to him 10 minutes later. Bam. On the we're, show. Like get back to you so quickly. It's so quick. So quick. It's when, it, it, when you're coming from the right place. As you're touching on, they get back to you.
0: Yeah. And again, like it's it's less about it being a favor and it's more about being like, absolutely, I would love. And it turns into a great conversation 99% of the time. And they end up typically having a great time and you're like, wow, I'm enlightened because I didn't know what to expect coming into this. Besides, I got to be on top of my game. I got to be well-prepared. And I also got to, you know, really show up for this. But holy crap, they were a great guest, and they're a great person and they were everything that I was hoping that they would be. And we're about to put out some damn good content. But I ask all this because I think one important thing that, especially people our age look for is like a mentor. And when looking at mentors, I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on the word mentor because they're like, oh, I need that CEO or that CMO or that senior vice president mentor. Who's going to really take, take the bull by the horns and like guide me through my career. But I think it's more about just having conversations and being curious. So when it comes to like putting yourself out there, could you just give me or give all of us some advice on like, what's helped you kind of get out of that box and say, I need to just ask that question. Like closed mouths don't eat. How am I going to go ahead and say, Hey, would you be willing to come on my podcast or have a conversation or be a mentor? As I know we were talking about this earlier, you have, you know, multiple mentors across, across different industries to help you with different things. Like what have been some key things that have really helped you get to this place where you're able to pretty much put yourself out there in front of anybody and say, "Hey, like I just need your help."
1: Well, yeah, sure. I'll get super specific, but but look, in in general, you know, as an introvert, it's it's tough to say something to a random stranger. Uh, you know, it, it's tough, but you got to do it. And what I've learned is that if you just smile and laugh, say like just decide to get, put yourself out there to do it to say something, anything. And then smile and laugh, then odds are the other person is going to smile and laugh too. Yeah. And, you know, your your feeling of loneliness is going to begin to fade as you create new meaningful connections. Now, super specific, what does that, you know, what does that look like for me? Like, I mean, I've done so much study as a recovering awkward person on human behavior and communication and stuff like that. And I just feel like more and more every day it is all of my learnings on those topics are just coming together. And I feel like I have this, I'm beginning to develop this superpower that I can only imagine I'm 22. I can only imagine at 32, what it's going to be like. I only started learning about this stuff when I was 20. And, and I just, I I feel like I I, I feel like I have this super perceptive, like, I don't even want to describe it. Um, but, <laughs> I don't even know that I want to talk about it, but me. bottom line, I've done a lot of learning on this stuff.
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh, <laughs> and I feel like I see things I can really read between the lines and see things that, that normal, like, you know, people that haven't studied this stuff won't see. Yeah. Um, but I've put in the, I'm not like great or anything. I, I've just put in the, you know, so much study and I cared about it so much. Um, and so I have, you know, these, you know, I send out these emails to, you know, these really busy, important people and people that I want to talk to. And, uh, you know, every, every line of the email is just rooted in human behavior and Mm -hmm. communication. Like there's a reason behind every line and, you know, and I frame it not like, you know, they're doing me a favor, but like I'm helping them yeah, I know you were talking about that. Like, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, them doing me a favor, but like, you know, really the other way around. Like, you know, it's it's always for like, as it, it, the podcast is always a means of continued promotion of millionaire success habits, you know, for Dean, uh, for Ryan yeah. Serhant, uh, million, Ryan, that's different. Yeah, Ryan reached out to me. Uh, Ryan Sirhan, a million dollar listing, reach out to me to be on the podcast. am. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And uh, <laughs> I say that as I'm being subtly pretentious, um, you know, but pretty much, you know, all these people, it's a, it's a, it's a means of continued promotion for insert, whatever they're pushing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really the way I frame it.
0: Okay. So it's looking at bringing that value to it, right? It's, it's, it's added value for both people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a really unique way of looking at it and to your point like you've studied the the craft of how to talk to people, right? And I think that's the one thing that I really admire about you Jordan is the Thanks. fact that you you you've just taken the initiative to learn things at the end of the day. And I would say we're similar in that aspect because for me like I when I first graduated and got into corporate America, my main goal was to grow in corporate America as big as possible. I wanted to grow as quick and as fast as possible and I wanted to get to the top and be that 30 year old vp that's like yep nope i put in the work and i got here now i would say over the last you know three four years my mind and my goals have definitely changed and they've kind of pivoted based off of just what's gone on in life and now doing this but i say all that because it's like when you take the initiative to go out and learn you end up building out a wide variety of a skill set right and like i think about the movie taken and I think we all know that famous line. I I don't know it. I'm gonna to have to go back and, and remember it to quote it. But he's talking about how he has these various sk- sets of skills, and no matter what, he will find the, find oh, the right. uh, the people who ended up taking his daughter. I, and I haven't like, even watched the
1: movie, and I know that
0: line. Yeah. See, but at the same time, it's like because <laughs> he spent the time going so deep in one like subject and learning them like at certain times, it built this arsenal, this skill set to where he felt so. Confident in himself that he was like, I'm going to go find her and I'm going to kill any, any MF that comes up on me, you know? And I think the same way about life in your career is that when you take the initiative to actually go out and learn things, instead of sitting down and watching Netflix every night, you read a book, right? I watched
1: Netflix all day yesterday, <laughs> yesterday <laughs> and I had nothing on the calendar and I was like, this is what I'm doing <laughs>
0: Hey, but working in working in phys- in physical training, like you know that having an off day or a cheat day is important for your mental and your body. Yeah. Right? Those are you can't grind it out 365.
1: Well, you know, I say I watched Netflix all day yesterday. I, I watched like I mean I probably watched five hours of it, but then I also watched like an hour of TED Talks. I practiced my own TED Talk. Actually I watched four TED Talks. Uh yeah, like I did like it was I I you still, you were
0: still productive though, <laughs> well, right? Like a little bit. you took your time, you hung out for a little bit and then you're like, all right, I got to get back into this. And I think, so you have a Ted talk. I saw that it got, it didn't, it didn't get postponed, did it? Or was, was no, that no, like, it's just, post-
1: it's just next month. Yeah. March. How is
0: that? So how has that been going? Like you're getting ready. This is your first Ted talk, right? How is that training and, and working with your speaking coach? Like how is all of that coming together? And then, also, they're a lot shorter than than your podcasts are. So have you had to like shorten down your, your content and really like hone in on your storytelling skills? Well,
1: I wouldn't really like I wouldn't liken the two to each other. Um you know it's been really difficult the process. You know, I got this opportunity on November 9th to to be able to like do this, do this talk, and I you know, didn't do anything for a month. And then I had to turn in an outline, uh, beginning of this, you know, beginning, middle of December. Um, it was okay. Um, but I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't certain about what I was going to say or, or anything I was accepted for. I'm not even, eh, I was accepted for why college is something along the lines of like why college is a, Waste of time and okay. a huge financial scam, and it's it is at that talk. It, it is absolutely not that talk anymore. Like it's almost it's a it's acknowledging the bad in college, but also honoring the good, acknowledging the good, and you know here's four ways that you know we can make the most of it, or pretty much like college is useless unless you do these four things. Like it's absolutely yeah. worthless unless you do these four things that I'm talking about right here. So that's what the talk is now. But to get there, man. It was, it was horrible. Like I was so depressed about it, like end of January. Yeah. End of January. Oh my God, man. It was just, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done this talk. It is, I've given speeches before, but I just, I'm such a natural speaker or so people tell me that I just get up there and talk and I don't really prepare and yeah. it goes really, really, really well. Yeah. This is not one of those things things really you know they want you to outline they they need you to turn in a full word draft and so i you know i played i did play by those rules and um it was really hard um and i wasn't happy with where it was at and the outline i turned in it was like i just felt like a complainer yeah and so i was like this is something's got to give here you know this is this is not good i can't trot this out there um i've spent the last two years of my life tearing down education i it, it just awareness is the first step, but I got to move on now. Like, and so it, I've taken a much more mature Avenue in this talk. And, uh, and I, and, and and I, you know, to get it, I've never written a talk out before. So my, my speaking coach, his name is uh, I'll show you the book. People can't see it, but his name's John Bates. And um, he, he's not, at this, like, I, you know, you have your own speaking person with, uh, you know, that you work with, with at, at the, at the specific event, but this person is an affiliate. My speaking coach isn't affiliated with the event. He's just, he's a speaking coach for hire. And so I enlisted him for his services and, and, um, and he's been great. And, you know, one of the things that, that he, you know, when I was really stuck was like, you know, go get, go buy some post-it notes. I didn't have post-it notes. So go, I was like, I was like, what can I do? What, what, what can I do besides post-it notes? Like, what can I use? And he's like, no, buy a post-it notes. Um, and just write out every single thought and idea like on a post-it note, one, one idea per post-it note and just put them all over the wall table, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they're still there on the, on, on one of my tables out there. And, um, and, and so then I sorted it in, in like, you know, the, the order, not chronological order, but the order that would be most intriguing, the order that would be best to tell this story, the talk in. And then from there, I had all these post-it notes in a relative order. Um, you know, you eliminate some post-it, you, you, I eliminate like half of the post-it notes that I wrote and then deal with like, you know, like I separate between the good and bad and, you know, lay them out, put them in the best order and then start writing from there. And I wrote it in about four days and I got it in the day that it was due when they were, when, you know, the organizers told me like, you know, we can extend the deadline for you. And I said, I said, no, that's not going to help me. Like, I'm just gonna be behind. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a bad talk. It's going to be, I'm going to be less prepared than everyone else. So no, hold me to this deadline, hold mm-hmm. me to it. And so they did. And I got it done and uh, and I've t- tweaked it and Gone with my coach over like the best, you know. We've reorganized, restructured things, in, you know, into the most intriguing way. You know, one of the things that comes to mind, and I'll, I'll go down this avenue here. uh In medias res, I think, is, is this concept. Um, I'm gonna figure out what it means. Hold on. In media, medias res, in medias res, into the middle of a narrative without preamble. So you notice, like. Notice, like every movie, every good movie, most documentaries, they'll start at this really intriguing, intense, maybe confusing, maybe really dramatic point. yeah, And then it'll cut like, okay, how did we get there? So example, catch me if you can with Tom Hanks and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They start Leonardo DiCaprio like like pretending to be like, He's he's like dying, but he's actually just pretending. And then he ends up escaping and then bam, cut. And then, okay, how did we get there? And two hours later, they show that scene again. <laughs> and then the Ted Bundy movie. And, you know, they start out. The first scene in the movie is actually the last scene. Mm-hmm. And the first, the first scene, it's 1989, uh, like a day or two before Ted is going to be executed and he's with his girlfriend from 1974 that ended up ratting him out to the police originally. And, and they're having, and they're having a conversation between, you know, in the prison, like between the the glass on the, on the telephone. And, and then, and they're talking and it's like, bam, cut. How do we get there? And two hours later they show it again. And this is like, so, so, and so it's a, it's a story. It's into the middle without preamble they just show that scene without context or anything they just show that scene and so that's how we've sort of structured my talk here and so i'm really really confident in it like like here here's what here's how most people a lot of people structure their talk they get out here's what not to do hi i'm jordan paris Uh, it's so i'm so grateful that I'm here today and that you're here today and uh, yeah, just really thankful and glad you're here. Yeah. Okay. And now what I'm going to talk about is this, and then I'm going to talk about that. And then we're going to finish with this. Nobody's listening anymore. (laughs) People are deciding in those first seven seconds.
0: What'd you say? (laughs) I said, it's like a professor giving a lecture. Right, Right, right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Nobody listens. Nobody listens to those. And that's why our—that's uh, one of the many reasons why our academics in our education system is just in a, uh, a horrible state right now. But yeah, people are deciding those first seven seconds: like, am I going to listen to this or not? And you got to like—you got to come out guns blazing. You—you <laughs> you really do. So uh, I'm very, very confident in it now, and it's getting to the point where like. I don't even need to read it anymore. I don't need to have it in front of me. Like I'm just walking around my house, like saying it. And when two days ago that wasn't the case, and I still have like 28 days to go, so I'm I'm really really happy with where it's at,
0: dude. That's so exciting. That's I, I think there's so many key points in there, right? Like first off, it's like getting out of your comfort zone and working with a coach to really truly work in a different way. I've never prepared for a speech either. I, I, I'm with you. I, there have been times where I've had a a presentation with, in front of 500 people and the the night before I'm in my boxers in the mirror and I'm just like kind of walking through it, but I'm like, all right, what is the story that I want to tell with this? And then once I kind of landed in my head, I'm like, cool, that's it. I got this. And then you go up. And then because we are natural speakers, we can pretty much work our way around it. Even if we don't hit on all the points that we had, right. There are multiple times where I leave a presentation and I'm like, Damn, I left out that one point. I know. It was still a great presentation, but like that would have been a really good point to hit on today. Yeah, but to be that well prepared for a presentation, and a
1: you're TED not going to miss anything.
0: No, you won't miss a damn thing because you, like you said, you're going to start in the middle. You're going to grab everyone's attention, and I think as you were saying that, I was thinking back to like all of my favorite TED talks that I've listened to, and the um, Angela Duckworth one on grit. It she doesn't start off talking about her accolades. She doesn't start off talking about how she was a professor at, at this and that, and how she's gotten her PhD and all these different things. She starts about talking about success immediately and people who want to be successful, or that's the topic that they want to listen to. Like me, I was like, and I leaned in and I was like, what is she about to say? And she starts and then she's like, all right, boom. Now I'm going to tell you about how I was a teacher. And you're like, "What? W- wait, what? Like <laughs> we were just talking, you just had something super compelling, but I'm already drawn in. And I'm like, let me listen to this because she's about to tell me how she's about to get there. I don't know when that's coming up, but it'll come up at some point. And I think like your examples were awesome because I think about different movies like uh, Oceans 11 or Oceans 12, you know, the Oceans movies. And they always start at the end and mm. they reel you in. And then you're like, wait, what the what the hell just happened? How they do that? And then they bring you along the journey. And that's what keeps keeps you engaged and keeps people truly interested in it so
1: yeah yeah but dude you know how you know how i've taken two speaking classes in college you know how they teach you how to do it they say give a preview of your three main points (laughs) so what they're they're telling you talk about what you're going to talk about before you talk about it like waste everyone's time bore Mm -hmm. them the hell out of them and then talk about it five minutes later and then talk about your three main points. And then at the end, go over your three main points again. Like, <laughs> shut up, you idiots. You don't know what you're doing. You've <laughs> you obviously affairs? never given a, t- a, a, a talk outside of a classroom.
0: <laughs> well, where people are forced to have to listen to you, right? Like, and, right. and 90% of the classroom's not listening to you, anyways. Like, I, I agree wholeheartedly, Jordan. I think, like, First off, I was really intrigued by you saying that you were tearing down the education system because I do think the education system, and this is just my own opinion, is lacking. And I think there's so many things that we have to learn through adulthood. And this is why, again, like another thing that I love about you is just how you take an initiative is because people who go through school and just kind of like listen to everything that they're told are essentially behind Because you don't know what it's like to talk to a financial advisor. You don't know what it's like to go look for rent, right? You don't know what cost of living even calculates to or how to get a job or how to network or how to do all the things that are actually important in life. And I think that colleges, universities, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools need to teach these things because, shit, algebra, I haven't used it once in my life after I've graduated college. Like trigonometry. Astronomy. There are so many different aspects that of school that I did not actually like apply that into my life, and I'm sure like, and we'll, I'm going to put the link to your TED talk in there into the show notes because I'm really excited about it. But <laughs> but I think like you're probably going to touch on these points, and is the fact that there's so many things that you can do while you're in college or while you're in school that can help you get ahead, but you also need to take that initiative to truly help yourself get ahead and the best thing that that i ever did was try different internships and be open to different job like opportunities because my financial advisor right now is going to be my financial advisor for life because i worked for him for free and i busted my ass i was very open with him and told him hey like this has been great i don't think financial advising is what i want to do as a career but like i learned a lot from you guys and now i know more about health insurance and disability insurance and investments than i ever had before and when i'm graduating I may not be making a lot of money right there, but I want to be a client of your guys is because I I believe in the work that you guys do. And I also want to be best for myself. And like me and him talk once a quarter and every time he's like, you're doing great, you're doing great. And this is all because you reached out to me on LinkedIn back in 2010 and you said, Hey, I know you don't know me. We went to the same high school. We played for the same football coach. Would you be willing to have a conversation about an internship? And then boom. And I think, but I think that all plays back into what we said earlier about the, arsenal of skill sets to help you feel that like, and I call it a renaissance because it's like an enlightening feeling in, your, in yourself. You're like, I know what the hell I'm doing. Um, so anyways, I got I got one last question for you if you're cool with that. Sure, man. It's not a waste. Yeah. So I got to ask everybody this, Jordan, and I think it's an important one just because everyone has different aspects on life, different perspectives on life. And it's if you and I were to just get in an elevator and we were going from floor zero to a hundred, we had a little bit of time in there. And I, and I look at you and I, I'm like, damn, you look like a really smart guy and I just need some help. What would be your like top two to three tips and just in life in general?
1: Wow. I, I love the way you frame this question, the elevator is zero to a hundred. Well, if you're asking me, because um, I, you know, in an elevator, I'm probably not going to talk to anyone, you know? Okay. But, I'm, but if <laughs> you're asking me, I'll talk. I'll talk. That's, I like to strike up conversations, but that's not usually where I... Where I do it. <laughs> um the quarters are too I don't know, it's weird. Um, no, but anyway, of course quarters, I get it. <laughs> but I'll be happy to talk if Chase is is hitting me up. All right, let's see. Uh yeah, treat everyone like they can get you a cover story on Forbes magazine. Uh and that's how I got featured in Forbes. I didn't get mentioned in Forbes. People get mentioned in Forbes and like, oh my god, I'm featured. Oh my god. Nope, my so man, honored featured. and humbled no you didn't your picture's not in there you this is a quote you get out of here okay you got your company got mentioned like you're a fraud like there's so many fakes out there in 2020 it's hilarious but no i got the i got the feature i got the picture i got the whole story okay anyway enough being pretentious um but it's still, I mean, hey, it's awesome. And like you
0: said, it's it's an important tip, right? Like sure. You should treat everybody with that respect and like they can help yeah. you out. Well, way. dude,
1: that's that's how I got in Forbes. That's how I got a TED talk. Um, oh, dig the you know how else I got a TED talk? Dig the well before you're thirsty. Build rapport before you if ever you need anything. Like yeah. you know, the the organizer of that TED event, like I just you know, got on a random phone call with him that I didn't know it amounts to anything. Like maybe exactly a year ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and then like eight months later he's like hey our application just came out i'd love i, I want you to apply i was like oh all right <laughs> uh i dug the well before i was thirsty right
0: and those are also the best type of applications to send in right when you have somebody already waiting for it
1: exactly and and you know the secret so it's, it seems for, for Ted events, you know, anyone who's listening out there that wants a Ted talk, which a lot of people do, um, the people that are accepted, I mean, m- uh, an overwhelming majority of the time, like they know each other, like, like there's some sort of in, you know, there's some sort of inside man that, that these people who are getting Ted talks have or inside man or woman, you know, you, your, your, your chances are just astronomically higher to, to get accepted. You know, I think it's, I think it's much more rare to get accepted, you know, if you're just cold applying, like if, if, if you just apply to like TEDx Broadway or what, I don't know, that's just one of the ones I applied to. And, yeah. and you don't know anyone there and you don't follow up and like, you don't reach out to anyone. Like you're, you're not going to You're just going to, you're just going to get a decline email, which I got. And, uh, so, so treat everyone like then get your cover in Forbes magazine and dig the well before you're thirsty. Did you want to? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Two two is fantastic. And I would say that last one is pretty universal, right? Like dig your well before you're thirsty, build that rapport. Some of my best mentors who I've, I've gained so much value from them just in speaking with them. It's, it's always been about like approaching the conversation. Like I'm looking for another friend at the end of the day, because in reality, like for me, happiness is driven by people because I love interacting with people. I love talking to people, learning from people, just having a good time. And a lot of my mentors are actually really good friends of mine. Like they might be, you know, much older than me, not much older than me. They might be younger than me, but we can sit down, have a glass of wine and, and shoot the shit. And then I, I could also look at them and say, Hey, so I need your help with this aspect that I'm Yeah,
1: starting. Yeah. And I think like an important part of that is, you know, when you're making that initial connection with them, don't do what everyone else does. Don't ask them for something, please. <laughs> like just... Don't ask like they're getting asked for things all the time. Oh yeah, and it's a big turnoff. So it's it, yeah, dig the well before you're thirsty.
0: Yeah. No, I agree because for me the the one thing I always ask for, and this is, uh, is I ask for their time. Hey, I know you're super busy, Jordan. I know you're mad busy. I I barely get to you know like I, I can only imagine what your calendar looks like. Would you mind if I took ten to fifteen minutes of your time just to have a conversation? And then they're like, this could be a break for me. I could, I could have this conversation in the car. I could have this conversation at the coffee shop. I could have it in the, in my office, just over the phone. And then all of a sudden you start building that rapport and you're the one driving the conversation because they're expecting the call from you. Right. And you're just like, no, like, and this is what I'm doing. But at the same time, like, I just want to learn from you and I just want to have this conversation and, and you, the way that you frame it is super important. And I think building the rapport and keeping it super genuine and authentic is another like key point of that. And just to be able to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish out of it. And if it's just to have a mentor to be able to sit down and learn through osmosis, like some of my mentors take, take me on like business meetings that they have that I would have no place to be in, but they're like, chase, I'm about to learn about some estate, or I'm about to get in- involved in some real estate. I think it'd be cool if you just came and sat down with us. Don't say anything, please. But if you want, like you could ask a question or two, but come on and come sit down and just learn. And I sit there and I take some notes and I'm like, wow, like I never would have gained this knowledge or known to ask that question or known to even talk about this topic if it wasn't for even just being there and, and learning through osmosis. So I, I agree with your two tips wholeheartedly because I think they're, they're universal. And I think so many people are going to learn so much from them. Awesome. Dude, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, um, again, it took a year to get this, make this happen, but I would love to have you back on at some point. I know you got a lot of shit going on right now, but like, I, I would love to get you scheduled again to bring you back.
1: Cause I think we could, talk I, about I would love that. to. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Chase, you're the you're man. Right. Thank you very much. No, thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, make sure to leave us a review. Go ahead and check us out on Twitter and Instagram at underscore millennial way. And check out our website at it'smillennialtalk.com where there's new blog posts and updates. We will see you next Winning Wednesday. Go grab those dubs. This is the Millennial Way, tailoring the next generation of leaders.